So we're carrying on the series of Disciple, um, and we are going to carry on into summer. Well, it already is summer, uh, but we're going to carry on into August. Just to give you a little heads up for August, some of you guys would have got the email, but we've, we've intentionally set up August to be a bit of a rest month. And um, for, you, for those of you who know, some of you are going away, some of you aren't. I know travel has changed for a lot of you, but we're going to do, uh, it's going to be one week normal morning service and online. The next week's going to be a worship night. Next week's going to be morning and online. Then the next week's going to be worship night. Okay, you guys would have got an email. We're going to keep punting it. But the intention behind that is A, that there's quite a few people going away. It's a moment for you guys to rest, to spend time with family. Tune in online if you want a book to come out. And our worship times are going to be long, extended prayer and worship, just sitting at the Father's feet, finding a place of rest, because I know what God has, has planned for us. And I believe fully, and this is what I'm talking on today, is Jesus' secret to rest, that rest is as important as the work of God. Some of you guys are going, Amen. I don't have to work. No, no, no. You still have to work, okay? You need a Bible says you mustn't be lazy. But I'm talking about a deep sense of rest. And I think we need to, we need to have Sabbaths. We need to intentionally um, set up our calendars so we have time off. Uh, those of you, I know a lot of you work six days a week, and that's super tough. Um, intentionally try to put time aside, whether you're going away or not, but just to, just to rest, I saw some people leave on planes the other day. Apparently, there was a plane going to South Africa with only 38 people on it. I mean, these are different times. So, uh, I remember, like, it was it 2019, two years ago, there was like, we're going to have the biggest weekend, school ends and everyone leaves. We're just living in a different time. But I want to, I really feel to lead the church into a sense of just rest because I know what's coming in September and it's exciting things and it's mission and it's it's all of these things that God has for us as a people of God but we have this amazing Dubai kind of reset moment so we even with community groups we've asked people to take a break just meet in homes if you can uh, just really just take a bit of time off in the month of August a bit of July whatever works for your group and the rhythm of your group but uh, you guys cool so we're going to learn about what is Jesus secret to rest and I went, we went on holiday in 20, sheesh, 2018. It's the last, not the last time I flew, but one, it feels like it. Those of you who are pilots are like, whatever. But uh, it, it was a long time ago. We went to Spain. It was amazing. But the problem is, I didn't work out my rest properly. And I think there was, what, what I'm going to get on today, there wasn't a deep-seated rest in my heart. So I was going to... We went to the Hillsong Conference first, thinking, okay, well, I'm going to do the Hillsong Conference, get all of my junk away. And then by the time I arrive in Spain, this like holiday of a lifetime style, and I've saved for it. We're going to, three weeks in Spain, it's like the honeymoon we never had, and all of these things. And I get there, and I was just wrecked with anxiety. I was like, man, I hate this. Because I had that a few years before, and I was like, man, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with, I can't take a break properly. And God's been taking me on a journey since that time. So we'd be sitting in these nice hotels and we'd be doing our thing and it was, and, we'd, and I would just not feel rested. I'd, my heart would just be like either thinking of stuff back home, worrying about things that I don't have control over. Who'd, who does that? Or is it just me? <laughs> That's the root of anxiety. And God's been taking me on a journey in the past three years. And I think part of it was having kids. Part of it is the pandemic, to be honest. Part of it, we haven't been able to travel or escape or find these little weekends away. We tried to go away this past week, which was nice. But let me, those of you who have small kids, you know, going away for a night, it's not going away. 
Seriously, it's uh, Raya decided I love her because she kissed me on the lips the other day. She went, Pah, and I was like, I'll give anything to her anyway. But uh, she decided to be up from one o'clock to five o'clock. New environment, cold AC, whatever it was. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Do I walk around the hotel? It's summer, we can't walk outside. So I stick her in the car and we drove for two hours around Dubai until she fell asleep. Eventually, I shouted at her. I felt actually had to repent. Said, Just sleep. Anyway. Those of you who are parents know my pain and know that God overlooks those things. <laughs> but the point is, you, you, I always, I feel like sometimes in these times when it comes to like, we're going to go on holiday, this, it's like you're searching for that place of rest that you never actually find. Or is it just me? Sometimes we come back from holiday more stressed unless you go for six weeks and you, whatever it is. But I want to teach you today how Jesus teaches on rest and the secret to rest. And I feel like God's dropped some revelation in my heart for the first time around this verse. I, I always knew this verse. I thought I, I thought I understood it. I thought I lived it. But I'm realizing it's one of those verses that I would love to live better, but I don't. And it's one of these things that I'm saying, God, would you teach me? Would you teach me what it means to not only have times of rest, but live from a place of rest? Who wants that? I do. I want... I want that more and more, and God has been teaching me, and I think it's always your theology that dictates your practice, so whatever you believe is going to start happening in your life. So Matthew 11, verse 25, generally people would start at 28, but I'm going to intentionally start at 25. It says, at that time Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent, and you have revealed them to infants important. Yes, Father, because this was your good pleasure, all things have been entrusted to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son desires to reveal Him. Verse 28, this is the verse. Come to me. Let it wash over us. All of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me. Take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. One of those um, bumper sticker verses that we love to put up and we think by reciting them, we're going to experience that. And there's power in memorization of scripture, but if it doesn't transform your heart, you actually just, it's just your mind going over and over and eventually it does drop to your heart. So I encourage scripture memorization. But if you're just doing that and you want to like recite, I need peace. Okay, I'm going to read the scripture on peace. No, it takes a lifestyle, like I said last week, of following Jesus that you find life. Okay. So God spoke to me this verse clearly. I said, God, what is my kind of thing for the year? He says, He said that come to me all weary burdens. Take my yeah. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, for I will give you rest. Living, working, doing church where we are, where in this region there's opposition, spiritually and physically. There's in the middle of COVID, which is January this year. We're still in kind of semi in the middle of COVID. I spoke to someone this morning. They said they went to America, and America apparently COVID's over. Everyone's wearing masks. It's going crazy. And um, 
But we're in this, we're in this moment, and I felt God say, I want you to learn what it means to operate and live from rest. So let's, let's just pack this line upon line. It says, come to me. I love that. Jesus' heart is always a heart of invitation. It's probably his, some of his favorite words is follow me, come to me. He, he's, he's not putting any prerequisites. When he, when he called his disciples, when he called his, his fishermen, when he called the tax collector, when he called a zealot who was actually an, an, a, a known kind of assassin of the day, he was against the government. He, when he called them, he didn't come with prerequisites. He just says, come to me, follow me. Don't go to temporary things. I think what I've noticed in leading uh, in City Lights over the past 10 or so years, 10 and a half years, is that we can so go to temporary things. Weekend away, which is not a bad thing, but if that becomes the thing that you live for to find deep rest, you'll never find that thing. Shopping, social media, expats and alcohol, these are the things that people, even as followers of Jesus, lean to, to find a place of escape. We live in an escape culture. And I think, if anything, what the pandemic has done is it's actually taught us to, even as followers of Jesus, to just be still, to enjoy the moment, to enjoy being at home with your kids, to not always be looking for that moment of escape. Jesus' words of come to me is just this open invitation. And I love, I was listening to a sermon by Tim Keller on this, and he says, it's the summary of Christianity. It's like everything you believe about Christianity is, is in this one or two verses. It says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, for I will give you rest. His invitation is to himself first, not to calling, not to abiding with him. Those things will all come but it's to Jesus first. And I've, I've been thinking more and more, just if we want to enter into a place of like, what it, to truly operate in the kingdom of God, it's, it's what's how Jesus operated. He had something, he had a secret that he lived in that you and I are called to possess and live out. Psalm 34 verse 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Next line, all who are weary and burdened. I've honestly felt weary, and I think there's a combination of having three kids under two years. I'm not, I'm, I'm happy about it, okay? Like, but it's, for those of you who have any, the only people I like, I can look up to is like Robin and McKillian. They have triplets. I mean, I don't even know how they did that. But uh, you, you just, you're in this constant state of like, so we had a, a spate of, a spout of all the kids being sick, one after the other. Then my mother-in-law was sick in the middle of that. And then at the end of that, I got sick. It was just one of these moments, and I was just feeling weary. I, was, I even spoke to Andrea this week. I was like, man, I just, I'm going to plan some time off over summer because we're not going away anymore. And, uh, and I, just, I just I feel like I, I was emptying the tank, and God started to speak to me again and said, just come to me. Come to me. The, the literal meaning of, of, of that word is that you over, we have over burdened ourselves now not that it obviously means in the fallen world we live in we live in a time where crazy things are happening so there's stuff outside of us that's happening to us but it also means the choices that we've have made that have got us into certain positions we are overburdened 
We live in this time where it's just this, oh, it just feels like there's, there's this stuff stacked against us. We're coming to like this first end of the year, if you want to call it, at the end of the school year. And we're just like, man, there's the tiredness. And that's why I felt honestly, prophetically, and just to lead us as a church into a place of deep rest. Not that we all fall asleep. Okay. It's those who are overburdened from being self-sufficient. And I... I said it earlier, but I think the root of, of anxiety is, is feeling like your thoughts, your actions, everything you do or don't do, in a sense, is like propping the world up. It's propping your life up. It's propping your family up. And I just really sense that this morning, this is an invitation from the Father. Come to me. There's a spiritual sleeplessness. So anyone who has kids know that you just feel, just you feel like sleep deprived a lot of the time. And you just learn to cope with a couple of hours sleep. But if you look at the science behind sleep is that it's actually the, the quantity, sorry, the, the quality, not so much the quantity of sleep. So you should be getting seven to eight hours. I, I cannot remember the last time I got seven to eight hours. But, uh, but in that moment, you should, have, you should have moments of REM, rapid eye movement, which is the, the place of deep sleep. My old watch used to tell me, when I had that, and I had it when we, when we just had kids, and it would be like half an hour a night. Like, and that's not enough. You need like a few hours of, of deep sleep and, and REM to get, to have that understanding of deep rest. And last night, thankfully, Jesus, I had a great sense of rest. Now, I'm telling you that because this is illustration around what is this, that I believe that when we understand that what Jesus lived in, it brings a deep calm to our souls, that we don't have to strive anymore. We don't have to strive, in our, even in our relationship with our, with our Father in heaven. So often, I look at it as like a to-do list. And it's not meant to be that. It's meant to just be just to Jesus. You come with everything before Him. It says, I will give you rest. It's a promise at a deep soul level for the Father to give us rest. It says, He makes me lie down in green pastures, Psalm 23. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. We need soul restoration. And it comes when we put our faith and trust in Jesus. And I think this is one of the most counter-cultural things we can do in a busy culture like Dubai, in a busy world that we live in where it's just deadlines and I get all of that stuff that has to happen. But if we, if we, we become these people that live from rest, not from anxiety. See, I've got a, a picture of a yoke here. If you want to just put that up. This was kind of uh, what a yoke was. You'd have like an oxen on both sides. This is what Jesus was saying. He says, take my yoke upon me and learn from me. Is that you, you would link, obviously there'd be one kind of bull or cow, whatever, the other side, and you'd link and you kind of plow together. And that's what Jesus was trying to get across. It's obviously foreign to our culture, but Jesus is saying that he is the one that we, we need to yoke ourselves to. Now, now that's implying that we already are yoked to something. We yoked to anxiety, we yoked to our lives, we yoked to so many different things that if we keep pulling that way, it's going to lead us off course. The amazing thing about Jesus' yoke is that he wears it himself. He wears, and it says here in Matthew 23, talking about the Pharisees, it says, but do not do what they do, for they, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads, and they put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. And the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the day would, would put a whole bunch of stuff on people. 
and they, they wouldn't do the thing that they're putting on people. And my, one of my highest goals and my highest kind of values in leading the church is to not put anything on, on people that Jesus wouldn't put on us. And Jesus has a high level. But we realize that actually as we step into that, we, only by his grace can we, can we find the rest. That actually, if you look at the, the word yoke, it actually implies more work. You think, Jesus, that's a little bit counterintuitive. What do you mean by this? Is that we actually, if we link with Jesus, we actually get linked. And this is the secret to the Father. What is the yoke? Yes, the yoke is his teaching, Sermon on the Mount, living out his teaching, following his ways, etc. Those, yes, we need to do that because the more we do that, the more we become like Jesus. But we have to start where Jesus started. And he came to the Father in heaven. And that is the revelation I had this week is that I've got these little beautiful kids while I'm prepping, the door's always a little bit open and uh, any of them can walk past and just kick the door open, come and sit with their father. And if me, who is a, is, is a, is a is, I'm not God, I'm not like God, but I will, I'll never, ever, ever reject them. So our father in heaven, if we just come to him, Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and heaven, heavenly laden, heavenly, heavy laden. Jesus, I've realized also in, when, we get, when we finally get to this place of following him and, and understanding that we just come to him, is that when we're in the Father's presence, we get to rest in his grace. There's no more striving. We realize that he is in control. He's in control of every outcome. And so often the root of the stuff that I stress about is me trying to fix that thing. And if we can just, in, in, in your mind, just go, God has it. I can trust him. I can lean on him. I can find a deep place of rest in a world of restlessness. What does Jesus say about himself? He says, for I'm gentle, humble, and lowly. There's many aspects of who Jesus is. And if you look through the Gospels, he was focused on mission. He was seeing the kingdom of God break in. He was driving people out of the temple. In Paul's writing, he says that he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Um, and then we see him in, in, uh, in Revelation as the lion of the tribe of Judah and he's all powerful. But Jesus, by his own admission, says that this is my heart. I'm gentle, humble, and lowly. He is the most approachable person in the universe. And I, I love that, that no matter what you guys have walked through, no matter what you got up to last night, whatever it is, you can come to your Father in heaven because of Jesus. He's gentle and lowly. It's amazing how Jesus describes himself. He doesn't describe, he is like this warrior because he is, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's, he confronts people in the temple. He, he, he makes a whip and he whips people out. Of the, he's all of that. But he's gentle and humble in heart. And I think for me, that is the invitation that I want to bring this morning. Is that there's this, there's, that, that God wants us to approach his heart this morning. He wants us to find the secret. And maybe one of, some of you are wondering, what is the secret? Remember that, that secret book? Like the secret to life? The secret is the Father. Everything we can see, a lot of things we can see around the world that is broken, societies that is broken, it's a misunderstanding of the Father. The father's been absent. God is never absent. The father's been abusive. Our father in heaven is never abusive. The father has rejected kids. Our father in heaven will never reject us. 
And I love, I'm just going to end on the, the story of the prodigal son. And I think it is about the father in the, in the story. And you have this moment where the prodigal son runs away. And if you look at the heart of the father, he just goes, okay, cool, go. Here's your inheritance. Because true love, if it's forced, is not true love. And, he, and he, leaves, he leaves the son and he says, listen, go and do your thing. And the story carries on where he ends up in a pigsty. Now to a Jewish culture, they would have been like the lowest of the low. He ends up, the this, this, this son is just on his, uh, kind of eating the pig's food. And he has this realization, and that is called repentance, that I should not be living here. I'm a son of the king. I have a father who loves me. He runs back to the father. As the father sees him, the father runs towards him. That is the father's heart this morning. Super simple message, it's, it's, but it is absolutely key in us following Jesus in this series of discipleship, which could be all about discipling nations and going out and making people more like Jesus. And that's all important, but it has to start from the place of we come to Jesus. We come to him with all of our stuff, with all of our emptiness, with all of our brokenness. Well, who qualifies? It says all who are weary and heavy laden. That's all people in all generations for all of eternity until Jesus comes back. All who are weary and heavy laden. That is the only qualification we need to come to Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. That scripture that was behind me says, we're baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Father, we want to be immersed this morning in the Father. The Father's heart for us. Those who are sitting here, those who are at home, those who are going to watch later, the Father is inviting you in. He wants to bring deep rest to your heart, to your soul. Don't think I have to, you have to jump through a bunch of hoops. That The grace of Jesus just enables you to just find rest. Oh, I don't need to strive anymore. I don't need to push this thing down. I don't, need to, I don't need to do all of that. This is a season where God is saying, just come to me, all of you. I'm just going to give a moment. Just, I think in pictures, I often just think of me coming to my Father in heaven. His arms are wide open. He's inviting me in. I don't even need to knock on the door. I just need to come to him. God actually loves it when we just are bold towards him. You see that throughout scripture. We can boldly come into the presence of God. We need to ask, seek, knock. We need to keep giving and we need to just push in. We can boldly come into his presence. So, Father, we thank you for who you are. I just pray, Lord God, over the season of summer, end of July into August, Father, that we would live, that you would just settle this thing, that we're going to live from a place of deep rest for our souls, deep REM for our souls. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen.